Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> If you're new to the other stories, then I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about our other shows. If you're a writer or creator of any level, you may want to check out the Great Writers Share podcast, the show where we interview writers of all levels, getting insights into the tips, tricks, and production habits of writers in every level of the biz. That's the Great Writers Share podcast. If you're a horror movie fan and want to listen to two bearded film fans flippantly talk about and review the best and worst horror movies of all time, check out Horror Hangout where myself and Ben Arrington rate and review horror movies and have a right old laugh. That's Horror Hangout. If you're looking for more scary stories, check out Miscreation, a horror audio drama podcast, bringing you scary stories performed by a band of actors at the Acast studio in London. Season 1 is available now. And if you're a right old weirdo and want to listen to some bizarro short stories that will freak you the hell out, check out Tales of What, but be warned, those are very strange stories indeed. For all of our shows, head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash podcasts and check them out today. Today's episode is The Man in the Red Mask, written by Mike Hargreaves and narrated by Jasmine Arch. Two miles, 30 minutes, 45 seconds. Average pace, 8.7 miles per hour. The automated female voice of my omni-assistant chirps through my headphones. I turn into the narrow footpath between the two corner houses of Sycamore Street and run towards the park. I duck and weave, avoiding the overgrown hedges and vines spilling over and seeping through the wooden fences on either side. Former US President Donald Trump celebrates his 88th birthday today, Omni says. I press the top button on my watch to skip the story as I hop over a discarded bottle of supermarket cider and enter the park. 
the police are investigating the murder of three university students in Salford. I follow the path left, glancing to my right at the dew glinting off the field. Just one lap, I think, panting. Katie Gore, 19, Phoebe Warner, 20, and Ashley Parr, 20, were found in their shared student house in Salford on Saturday night. Omni continues. Poor things, I think, squinting as the low sun glimpses over the tree line at the top of the park. The police say... I hold the top button of my watch and slow down. Who's that, I wonder, noticing a slim, black-suited man in a red masquerade mask on a bench ahead. He slouches back and stoops his head forward. The short snout of his web-like mask sparkles in the sun like diamond-laced lingerie. Must have been a long night, I joke to myself, returning to my usual pace and staring forward as I pass him. The man jolts forward. I flinch off the path, slip on the grass, and fall to the ground. My heart pounds and pangs with panic. The man sits and stares at me without a word. His cheeks rise like two bubbles under the corners of his mask. I pick myself up and sprint down the path until I get to the top of the park. I look back. The man hunches forward with his elbows on his knees and his snout facing me. He raises hand and waves. Freak, I think. I climb over the locked gate to the car park before pressing the top button of my watch and running half a mile down the main road. I turn into the small estate where I live and soon reach my street. I slow to a walk, clasping my hands behind my head and taking deep breaths to lower my heart rate. I press the side button on my watch. 2.6 miles, 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Average pace, 8.7 miles per hour. I frown and flop my arms by my side, seeing a small cardboard package on my doorstep. I check the time, 8.20. I pick up the package, recognising Omni's logo, and scan my watch on the sensor next to the door handle. It flashes green. I open the door and step inside. Good morning, Amy. Omni chirps from the black spherical port over the door. Omni, <laughs> lock me in. Okay, Amy. Your door is now locked. I turn right into my living room and drop the package on my sofa. Good morning, Amy. Omni repeats from the port on top of my television. I shimmy between my sofa and coffee table and continue to the kitchenette. I lift a plate from the grimy washing up bowl and take a glass from underneath. I turn on the tap. Rinse the glass and fill it with water. I glug it down in seconds before gasping for air and wiping my chin. I refill the glass, turn to face my living room and lean on the kitchenette tabletop. What a shithole, I think, leering at the greasy pizza box on the arm of my sofa, my sweaty work clothes strewn over my computer and desk and the makeup scattered across the floor and coffee table. Omni, I call. Remind me to tidy the fuck up. I drink again. Hi, Amy. When should I remind you? Omni asks from the port over my kitchenette. I gag, spin, and spurt water into the washing up bowl. In an hour! <coughs> okay, Amy. Omni begins. I'll remind you to tidy the fuck up in one hour. I sit on my sofa and open the package. I skim the letter inside, reading sentences that stand out. Dear customer, a systems check revealed that you have a faulty part. We have included a new router adapter and instructions. We apologise for any inconvenience caused. I toss the letter on the coffee table and take out the small black adapter. I take it to the router behind my television. 
I unplug the power cable, screw it to the adapter and plug the adapter into the router. Omni automatically closes my blinds and shuts out the glowing streetlights. I flop on my sofa, sip a glass of wine and admire my clean house. I take out my phone and scroll through social media. I see a post from Emily. I can't believe that three girls can get murdered in this day and age. I open a private message to Emily. Hey hun, heard about those girls too. Fucking awful. I type and send. Two dots appear next to the text as a message is delivered, lighting up as Emily reads before bouncing up and down as she types. Hey babes, I can't believe it. Our Sarah knew one of them as well. Emily messages. No way, I type. Is she okay? I send. Yeah, hun, Emily replies. She only met the jade girl once at a house party. Thinks she's thirsty for drama. Ha ha. I chuckle and start to type. Did you mean to put that link up, by the way, babes? Emily asks. I frown, deleting what I'd typed. Link? I send. Check your profile, babes, she instructs. I open my profile. There is a link at the top of the page. www.123whosinthecoop.net I try to delete the post. A message appears. Unable to delete post. I try again, but the same thing happens. I return to Emily's messages. I didn't put that up, I send. It won't let me delete it. Weird, she begins. The link is broken anyway, I think. Just shows a video that doesn't load. I cast my phone to my television and open the link, watching the screen as the website loads. A large black box appears with a pulsating fox head in the centre and red ears and a snout point out the top of the corners and bottom. The fox head disappears and the port on top of my television flashes blue. My heart stops. I see myself on the screen. I raise my hand and watch the television like a mirror. I sprint to the kitchenette, grab a tea towel and fling it over the camera. The screen goes black. I open a message to Emily. I glance up, noticing the screen change. The port on top of my computer flashes blue and I see myself again. I grab another towel and cover the computer. What the fuck is happening? I panic, watching the screen change again to the port camera over my kitchenette. A digital clock appears over the video, counting down from three minutes. I look back to Emily's messages. Check that link for me again, I send. I'm shitting myself. Emily reads the message and after a few seconds begins typing. Oh my god, she writes. Go to your neighbours and call the police. I close the message, run to the door and scan my watch. The sensor flashes red. Omni, I call. Open the door. Sorry, you are not authorised to make that transaction. Open the fucking door. I shout and pull the handle. Sorry, you are not authorised to make that transaction. I pull the handle again, but it won't move. I budge the door, but it won't budge. I open Emily's messages again. I'm locked in, I send. The dots don't appear. The message doesn't deliver. I press the phone icon at the top of the message to call her. The phone beeps, beeps, and cuts off. I check the connection on my phone, but it seems okay. The port above my door flashes blue. I look back to the screen and see myself again. The clock counts down from two minutes. I run through the hall between my bedroom and living room and open the storage cupboard. I use my phone as a torch before finding the fuse box and flicking all the switches down. The house goes black. I flick them back up. The light returns. I run to the door and scan my watch. The red light flashes. Help! I shout, banging my fists on the door. Sorry, Omni says. 
You are not authorised to make that transaction. The website reloads on the television. The clock counts down from one minute. I run to the kitchenette, grab another towel before sprinting back to the door and cover the camera. I dart to the storage cupboard, crouch inside and close the door, hugging my knees into my chest and trembling. Good evening, Amy. Omni chirps as the door handle clicks and the front door creaks open. I gasp before clasping my hand over my mouth. The door slams shut. I yelp into my hand. Hard shoes tap slowly against the wooden floor. I shake. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? My panicked thoughts bark like a car alarm. The floorboards near me creak as a shadow covers the light seeping through the edges of the cupboard door. He's outside! Something taps the outside of the door before screeching and scratching against it. He's got a knife! A suchu crashes through the cupboard and gets stuck. I scream without thinking. The man grunts as he retracts his leg, cutting himself on the splintered wood. I cry, pushing myself as far back into the cupboard as I can. He stabs into the gap in the door with a kitchen knife and waves it round aimlessly. I kick out. Ugh! I wail as he slashes my calf. I reach over the knife and flick the fuses. The house goes black. I unlock the door and push with all my strength. He grunts as I knock him over and run through the hallway before turning into my room and closing the door. I trip over my desk chair and stumble to the floor. I stagger to the desk, blindly pushing it towards my door. The light returns. I kneel behind my desk, staring at the door and sobbing under my breath. <laughs> a hand scrunches my hair and drags me back. I scream and reach behind my head, grabbing a thick, hairy hand. He grips my wrist and twists it behind my back. Fuck off! I screech. I struggle. My hair tears out in his hand. The man bends both my arms behind my back and holds me still. The door bangs and edges open, pushing the desk away. A red snout peeks through. The suited man from the bench tackles the door open and flips the desk over. He squats and grabs my ankles. No! I kick out. They lift me by my arms and ankles. I flail, but neither react. They carry me through the hallway, into the living room, and over the sofa. The man in the mask drops my feet while the man behind me locks my arms behind my back and stands behind the sofa, holding me in a seated position. I squirm and struggle, but he's too strong. The masked man hops over the sofa, sits on my pelvis, and straddles me. I push my hips up, but he's too heavy to lift. He dangles and sways a kitchen knife in front of my face like a hypnotist, his cheeks rising like bubbles under his mask again. He winks, unmounts me, and steps to the side. I see myself on the screen. He raises the knife. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Man in the Red Mask was written by Mike Hargreaves, narrated by Jasmine Arch, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Sferia, Umcorps, and Sam Robson. And sound effects were provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Writer, poet, narrator, podcaster and all-round chaos for brains, Jasmine Arch lives in a nook of Belgian countryside with two horses, four dogs and a husband who knows better than to distract her when she's writing. Her work has appeared or is forthcoming in The Other Stories, NewMyths.com and Hybrid Fiction, among others. Find out more about her work at JasmineArch.com If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at Patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. You can join our book club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters are available at gumroad.com forward slash Cleaver. 
The episode is a production of the Story Studio Hawking Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.